Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Master Griot Radio, channel 13 on your NBBTA internet radio dial. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. It's time for purpose-driven words, shaping thoughts, building minds, true wealth, communities, and legacies. If my words had wings, they'd fly to you each day. Welcome to Black Lives Matter, solution strategy-centered conversation. Yes, Black Lives Matter, but before we can convince others, we must know it, believe it, and act from this fact ourselves. Our goal no longer is to convince others to do things. We have to convince ourselves, and then we need to move and do. So we want to, there's some great solutions that people have out there. So we want to be able to just use this as a platform to bring together all of these solutions, these quality movements that are strategy and solution focused, see how we can get um, aboard, and we want to keep each other motivated and committed because it's going to get hard. But we need information, we need resources, we need to know how to depend on one another, how to support one another. So we just want to use this show as that platform. So if you know of any movement, um, you know, ways that people are effectively protesting, if you have a such strategy, just share it here. So the call-in number is 646-716-7994 because we know... Um, it's called benign neglect is how they term it at the Harvest Institute. Now, the Harvest Institute is a think tank for African Americans, and they have a guideline that we will be following this outlining guideline. And everything everyone's doing can fit somewhere on this outlining guideline. But, again, it gives us a strategy for our movement, what we should be focusing on. And then each of us as individual, we look at where our gifts and strengths and apply it where you can feel you can be of best service. So before we get into that, uh, we are going to just listen to, to get us motivated, and as people begin um, to call in and listen in, we just have some great um, conscious music that we can definitely listen to. So we are, um, I'm going to play some of these, and they're from back in the day, but we're going to start off with, and this is why I say we need to first convince ourselves. This piece is called I Can't Save the Babies by Queen from her album Fifth Bad and Dangerous. It was her sophomore album. And um, it says, I can't save the babies if I'm not saved myself. So um, let's listen to to this. (laughs) 
niggas on chains, they keep up and they raise. The foundation didn't get laid because they laid up getting high, sitting back watching time fly by. Getting me outside the place so the school the streets to raise me. Save the babies, yeah right. My grandma be thugged out in fatigue. She be bugged off blunts, tough, tough, passing it to me. The kids on the block show respect by dressing her as OG, giving her free dime bags of weed. They gotta show love because she is in her 60s. Save the babies. I can't save the girl. Auntie taught me how to trick a fool. Take him for his G's. Be that hoochie coochie, go dick and tease. Keeping up with the fashion, always staying sassy. If dude had no cheese, throw five fingers in his face and spit, nigga, please. Roll my neck and say you wish you could afford me. Save your baby. I ain't saved myself. And I ain't saved because my elbows won't change. They too suck in their ways. I was allowed to sell crack rock in the back of my mom's spot. While she peeked for the cops with an all-chrome block. And if it all went well, we go to the club and celebrate my daddy Henny double shots. I can't save your son, but my daddy was a bum. Hit mommy skins and run. Out before the first week of pregnancy begun. Now little boys think it's no fun. If they homies can't have none, they looking to come. Look at the outcome. All that they think in the moving is done. Let the whole generation of bastard daughters and sons. You asking me to save the babies with those upbringings? Well, I have a question for you, elders. Great lead, but you, 
to me. So sometimes I feel like I can't.
on what is going on in our community or in very focused and significant. Now, this is coming from Dr. Claude Anderson, who is president of Poweronomics, and um, he also founded the Harvest Institute. For centuries, America has been a killing field for our young black men, especially by white police officers. And in nearly every instance, courts and grand juries allow those who profile, beat, or kill young black men to go unpunished. Why? Because blacks' unique historical experiences were co-edified in this nation's revered founding documents. The Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights declare America a land of exceptionalism, the cradle of democracy, and a nation that values immigrants. Blacks were exceptional, too. They were the nation's only non-immigrants. They were valued only as human property, entitled to be treated just like field animals. This lack of respect for a black man's life, rights, and contributions became infused into the nation's national spirit and co-edified in the legal and political infrastructure. How the nation should view black men was laid down by the United States Supreme Court's infamous 1857 Dred Scott decision. The Supreme Court stipulated that, quote, a black man has no rights that a white man is bound to respect, period, unquote. Never re- re- reversed in over 150 years. So we're saying that the Dred Scott decision of 1856 has never been reversed in over 150 years. This infamous ruling was locked into the collective American psyche and passed down from generation to generation with ethnic whites. The first lesson immigrants learn when they come to this country is that they are prized in value over Native black Americans. This prevailing attitude impacts every aspect of how our political and law enforcement systems view and treat blacks. This nation's public policies of benign neglect, and it's B-E-N-I-G-N, benign neglect, this nation's public policies of benign neglect and political correctness further depreciated value and rights of black Americans and were constructed to kill off the black civil rights movement of the 60s and to make all forms of blackness invisible. Benign neglect took what had been a laser focus on blacks in America and scattered attention to new special interest groups based on gender, ethnicity, language, cultural, cultural, and handicap. Political correctness became the only acceptable filter for policies and discussion, believing that social integration had resolved all of black people's problems White liberals convince black leaders to become politically correct, abandon their own people, and take up the cause of newly fabricated. 
Now, since blacks were still bound by the legacies of slavery, Jim Crow, semi-slavery, and the Dred Scott decision, black America slid into a permanent underclass status. An underclass is a group who, by the very nature of their impoverished conditions and powerlessness, will be forced to live as beggars and criminals for the rest of their existence in America. Blacks are not guests in America. Since 98% of them are the direct descendants of slaves, they were here before 98% of the descendants of immigrants arrived. This nation was founded on the blood, sweat, and labor of millions of dehumanized blacks, but they were denied the fruit of their labor and suffering. The newly fabricated interest groups, especially immigrants, inherited unearned benefits, respect, and rights to which blacks were entitled. The larger society adds further insult to injury when it participates in public dialogue that gives the false impression that all people and groups have contributed equally to the development of this nation. Nothing can be further from the truth. The racial problems of Ferguson, along with other police killings of blacks, will not abate until this nation addresses the exceptional history and achievements of black Americans. Police power is freely exercised against black men who are perceived as absolute and powerless to do little more than march or riot. The larger society has a responsibility to resolve the long-standing abuse of blacks contained in our foundation documents and to erase the emanating legal precedents. Police courts, grand juries, and prosecutors tend to see the enforcement of law through the eyes of history and the Dred Scott decision. They don't believe it is their responsibility to eliminate structural racism in police departments, legal documents, or various levels of government. But it is, the responsibility, it is their responsibility regardless of how they have been socially conditioned. Today in Ferguson, Missouri, and across America, it is the right time, and it may be the last time that this nation will have to address and correct long-standing racist views and legal rulings. Now we can go into some things that we can do in order to, you know, to address these things and to deal with them. First, number one, demand that blacks become highest domestic priority. And remember, you spoke earlier about the benign neglect. So the first thing is to demand that blacks become highest domestic priority. Considerable research indicates that increased immigration, especially of low-skilled workers, is harmful most to native blacks. Blacks should demand that the government resources directed to help bring immigrants to the United States so that they can escape crime, poverty, gangs, poor education, and unemployment should first be directed to blacks attempting to survive the same conditions here in this country. So, number one, we demand that blacks become highest domestic priority. So for all of you who are out there who are advocates, know how to write your petitions, know who to address this matter to, know how to focus 
this is the first team we need to get together. We need this team to to get together, and then we need to support them. So when the petition comes by, we're signing it. Whatever we need to do to make this happen, we need you to get together and develop a strategy on how we demand that we become the highest domestic priority because we're going to have to do this on more than one front, not just the political front. We're going to have to do this on various fronts, and this has to be one of our goals. So as you go watch Selma, because I know each one of us are going to go out to the movie. I'm even going to take my mother to the movies to see Selma. So we're going to go next week in the afternoon. We're going to take a break from our adult daycare and go and see Selma. <laughs> we're probably doing next Wednesday. That's what we'll do because she's off on Wednesday. And we're going to go see Selma because we're going to support that movie. So I want everyone to go support the movie. And what is so important about Selma is strategy. All of these protests without a unified strategy, national strategy and goal and specific requests, it does not amount to much. And we saw it with the last economic movement we had, and that's why it didn't really go anywhere. Two, we need to sue prosecutors. Make a detailed assessment of suspect cases. Prosecutors have qualified immunity from suit and great discretion. But when it appears that a prosecutor has manipulated a grand jury process, the prosecutor should be sued personally for conspiracy to violate civil rights. Blacks should also file federal lawsuits against prosecutors personally for giving police officers constructive immunity against prosecution in instances where black men are killed. So sue the prosecutors. So all of our law students, our lawyers, oh, we need to team up. All of our qualified lawyers and uh, people that know the law we need to team up and come up with some class action lawsuits. All right? So, you know, that's that's a team that needs to come together. Three, we need to renegotiate the relationship with both political parties and corporations. So blacks must inform all major political parties. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Green, whatever, and major corporations, that they intend to renegotiate their relationship, that they will no longer tolerate being treated as if they do not exist and displaced by immigrants. Blacks must make it clear that they are no longer willing to support anyone who does not support them and that neither black dollars nor black vote should be taken for granted. Now, the truth of this matter is, for this to even be near effective, we have to stop giving it away. So when you get these economic movements to support black businesses, we need to do it. And we even need to research and study to make sure how, you know, when a business is fully black. And we need to focus and put our monies there. So politics, you vote as a block. Blacks should follow the power economic principles. Vote in a block based upon quick pro 
quo agreements between politicians, their parties, and black people. When Paranomics came out, um, there's a young man, and I call him young because I don't even know if he's 40 yet, but he might be 40 now. That's still young for me. <laughs> but um, he has an Urban Philly network. Um, he has earned a lot of money. He's a leader of prepaid legal, um, and he has been head of the um, African-American um, trade Association here in Philadelphia. He just does a lot. But him and other people, they came together, and these are money people, and created this event called Money, Power, and Respect. And one part of that event we called, because I think it was a mayoral race coming up, and they had all the political parties come out and pre- you know present to us what they were going to are going to do for the black community. We had specific questions, a specific agenda. We asked them, and they each gave their response. So this is the type of thing we have to let them know. You can't just come in our community and talk. What are you going to do for our community? And then we have to say specifically what we need and realistically. You know, people that are looking and think because somebody gets in government, you're going to get a job. No, you know, I mean, it's no way job to give you a job. It's their job to make it possible for you to get a job. I mean, you can't sit at home and expect somebody to come give it to you. You can't believe that welfare is some white man giving you money. And, you know, some of you might think this is crazy, but these are things that I have heard from welfare recipients. So we have to educate ourselves and one another so that we can ask for things that are truly constructive and see what's of value. A lot of people like to complain about Obama and what he didn't do for black folks. But one thing he did do was give us access to information, money, and funding. Most of us didn't use it. A lot of us don't even know about it because we don't. Many of us don't even operate on that level. But I, I know when it comes welfare to work money, even though it impacted a lot of our community, no one near our community. We didn't even know that these federal grants were coming out. I had to do deep research to find out who was getting it, and mostly Jew organizations was getting all the welfare to work money back in the nineties. And but when he, since he came in office, his transparency on those fundings, you can apply for them easier. You can you just get the information before we didn't even have the information. So there are like a lot of different levels. So when we we need to know specifically what to ask for, we you know need to ask for the right things because sometimes you might get what you ask for. So we don't want to be asking for things we don't really need. Okay, um, now withhold votes from any political party or candidate that assumes black support and does not promise and deliver promise benefits to them. Assess assess accountability on politicians for whom black support was decisional, but from whom blacks did not receive equivalent benefits. So we basically have to hold our political parties accountable. But again, we need to know what we want to ask for. We have to come in agreement and it has to be reasonable. We are not looking for a handout. Like give me, give me, just you know, just to give me to give me. But we need to be strategic and real. 
and ask for the things that we really need that will really empower us and give us access to many, you know, many things. So, you know, we need to get, again, teams need to come together with that. Rolling boycotts, corporations. This is under corporations. We need to have rolling boycott. Institute rolling boycotts and buying sanctions in every major cities. Unannounced boycotts target different businesses which have the economic power to chastise the political systems and change the social construct of black economic exclusion. Demonstrate that blacks can bestow their considerable disposable dollars or withhold them at will. Demand jobs and business opportunities from those corporations. Support existing black-owned businesses. Uh, Okay, we already talked about that. Alter personal buying habits to find and patronize black-owned businesses that can fulfill your needs. Now, one place you can go is um, is eachandeveryfriday.com. If you go there, they have a list. Um, like a list about nine black directories. So that's like various different black directories. And, and, and a lot of them are good directories. I haven't heard of all of them, but I know the top directories are part of that list That not, list of nine. So go to eachandeveryfriday.com because I think their call is for every Friday for us to put our dollars in black businesses. But so they have a list of black directories so you can identify black businesses. Four, we are to reject symbolic remedies. Demand remedies that are measurable, whether from talking heads in the media, government entities, or selected spokespeople. Our remedies need to be measurable. Do not permit empty rhetoric. All right, we have a caller on the line. So I'm going to take a moment and stop right here and bring on our caller from the 314. Hello? Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? You know, listening to your conversation. All righty, give us your name real quick. My name is Pianchi. Okay. And, you know, some of the things that, that the, you know, here in Missouri, when the Missouri legislature session reconvened for the first time this year, it was about 36, 36 bills that was on the table centered around things that went on in Ferguson. Yes. And uh, one was uh, the revising of the state statute as it defines deadly force. Cause okay. that statute is very vague, broad, mm-hmm. non-specific. Yes. Of course, you want the, the officers to wear body cameras, cameras on the dash and deck of their vehicles, and that the video mm-hmm. from these cameras uh, go to a independent source rather than going to the police department where it can be edited. Yeah. When police aggrieve somebody's civil rights, they should be the bonding company that the municipality has on them should be sued. And if you go beyond the limits of that bond, you should sue them personally. Yes. It needs to be a national registry where when officers commit grievances, reprimands, 
cause great settlements of a municipality, their name should go in that registry. They should be tagged just like a felon. So that when they yes. go someplace else, the next municipality would know exactly who they're getting involved with. If this had been followed in Cleveland, that 12-year-old boy may not have got killed because the officer that killed him, his previous department where he came from, that chief said he wasn't fit for that job. Wow. Blacks need to have a training session. That's a training program that train and prerequisite young blacks are coming out of high school. Matter of fact, some of this stuff can go on in high school for police and fire department jobs. I think we really should start in junior high. Anything is is better than what it is now. Their application should go in a separate agency. Whereas when these departments need new hires, they got to go to this agency. They can't get on the phone and utilize the good old boy system. And that mm-hmm. attrition program should be in existence until the racial imbalance no longer exists. If you got an 80% black population, police department should be 80% black, fire department 80% black, city hall, public works, and a school district should reflect yes. the population of the people that they're serving. Definitely. Training curriculum. Anytime a trainer comes in to train a police department, his material, DVDs, curriculum should be reviewed by a committee which consists of members of the community. You and I, ma'am, could not take a curriculum into a public school and introduce it to a classroom without the principal and either the school board scrutinizing that material. So why do we let these trainers come in and train your police department, creating biases and that attitude of thus them against us that persists mm-hmm. today. That has to stop. All right. So there's many things I just mentioned a few that well, can that's be done. Good. Yeah. I wanna first I wanna take a moment to say thank you. Because this is the sound information we need to hear. You know, of course, this is not what's publicized on the media, and it's not going to be publicized on the media. And where people are working, um, what just motivated me to do this show, even though we've been doing these type of things, honestly, for years. Brothers Keepers used to do a show, Real Talk, for years. And... um, but what really motivated me, because this was a simple one day of silence. Somebody wanted to practice, their, you know, a day of silence on social media. And I could not imagine the the negative feedback and comments and things that were being made. And then the people engaging and trying to explain. And, you know, I had to say, look, we have to stop even indulging or engaging those negative things. You know, a day of silence, first of all, spiritually, everybody knows there's a value in a day of silence. There's a value in being quiet and getting focused. Um, If that's where we have to start, because some of us are so unfocused or so far behind, if that's where we need to do to, if that's just one thing we need to do in order to get us settled to be able to hear what's being said, but once you start putting that out, then people started coming up with their positives. But um, there's just so many people that are negative, so many people, some of it's intentional, people do it for um, attention, whatever. 
but we have to make sure that we are not being driven by this negative chatter that's just not getting us anywhere. And I just thank you so much because you just, this is what I read from the Harvest Institute, and this is giving you an outline, but you gave us specifics of what Oh, absolutely, Harvest Institute. Uh, Claude Anderson is a very excellent person. He talks to you about how the hierarchy exists. You, you know, blacks need to have yeah. more viable businesses because businesses control the politics, politics control the police. Police officers mm-hmm. are employees, hirees. The citizens are the boss. Somewhere yeah. along the line, he has got completely turned around. Those police officers that turned their back on the mayor in New York should have been fired. Same thing happened here in Ferguson on a commander a black highway patrolman who was put in charge of the ground operation. He had white police officers turn their back on him. They got ran out of the out of the area. Mm. So one thing that we that in these municipalities, like Ferguson and you know, here in Saint Louis you got a lot of them. But this one in particular because it's in the news, where blacks make up the majority of the population, those jobs should reflect that also, especially those public service jobs. You can't go to a private enterprise and, and put these demands, but you sure in the hell can when you're talking about public service because the people of the community is paying for those jobs. But also not now here, Claude a, Anderson, he just said even with the corporations, this is where he talked about, specifically he says, rolling boycotts, institute rolling boycotts and buying sanctions, sanctions in every city. Unannounced boycotts ought to target different businesses which have the economic power to chastise the political systems and change the social construct. For black economic exclusion, demonstrate that blacks can bestow their considerable disposable dollars or withhold them at will. As for we need to demand jobs and business opportunities from those corporations. So we can do it also, not just in the government level, but we can do it on the corporate level. Well, I agree with you there. Yes, you should use that. And see, but see here in Ferguson, those businesses that got burnt up, those weren't black businesses. Those businesses was ran by immigrants, mm-hmm. Arabs, Asians. And see, they take their profits and they send them back overseas. The buildings that they yeah. operate on were buildings that used to, where white businesses used to be, but whites still own the building and lease and rent to yeah. the immigrant businesses. So that mm-hmm. money is going out. Then you have, in the departments that I mentioned, police, fire, city hall, public works, school district. Those employees don't live in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. They take a wage, salary, and pension back where they come from. Officer Wilson stayed 25 miles from Ferguson. So how yeah. can a community, a black community, exist if you have that type of hemorrhaging of a vital resource that is the circulation of dollars? Mm-hmm. We can't. Not to say that a black police officer would be more better, but we're talking about economics because if he lived in the community, He's earning a yeah. wage and salary there. He would be able to repair his roof, paint his house, keep his lawn yeah. cut, be able mm-hmm. to pay for athletic fees for his children to attend the recreation centers there in the area where the kids wouldn't have to be standing out in the red light intersection with pants, buckets, and, and helmets begging for money. Yeah. Because when you go to Officer Wilson's community, that's not going on. So why do we let yeah. that go on in our community? Yeah, well... That's the truth. And so, and I, 
and I would, um, when it comes to recycling dollars, I would really like to um, do a um, an infographic because literally, you know, I've been in the black business for years, years, years. I always do my best to spend my dollars with black businesses. That's literally how I grew up. So that's always been my mentality. But I've at the same time heard people, oh, there's no good black businesses. Black, you know, we always talk that negative talk. That's why this is so important for me to bring focused conversation because we indulge in such negative talk at our tables, at home. And as I said, the first people we have to convince are ourselves. Once we're convinced, then we will be able to convince others. <laughs> but we Let have tell to you be something. convinced. You, mm-hmm. you tell those people, they want to see some black businesses, go to Atlanta, Georgia. And tell them when they look up at the skyline of those tall buildings, blacks put those buildings up. When they mm-hmm. look at the stadiums that's being built now, you got Russell and Moody, two black contractors that's building those stadiums. When they come through the airport, all the concessions are owned by black people. Mm-hmm. So if they say that, tell them go to Atlanta, Georgia, where you see the no, politics. No, no, but people complain. That even before Atlanta, Georgia, my girlfriend had a business at this town called Nubian Tours back in the '90s, where she did the African American historical tours of the city. There is, first of all, just based on slavery, we built this country. And there's so much that we've done and put into and invested in that so many people don't even know, you know, that this country is just based off us. The bust on a dime was done by um, by a black woman. But when they had a contest, Roosevelt had a contest, and when the black the person who won, when she came and they saw she was black, they said, oh, we can't put your initials on it. So a white man got recognition. The Philadelphia Art Museum, I'm from Philadelphia, very well known. That was designed by a black man. Um, Billy Holiday, Marcus Garvey, it's, it's what they call North Philadelphia, where temples take over, but it's supposed to be such a hard neighborhood. But that is the heart of North Philadelphia. Billy Holiday, John Coltrane, Marcus Garvey. Um, the UNI headquarters, all of that is like the heart. And it's just so much history just around the city. And um, so even with even not just going to Atlanta, when you look at skylines that were built, when you look at so many different things, blacks built those things. And, and the entitlement of things that people have and because they have is because of blacks and what they've done. And so, one, we have to get out this. First of all, we got to get out the Willie Lynch mentality. We're always putting each other down. And the mentality people have because they think a black business is going to be of lesser quality. Even though we have higher challenges, let's be, I hate to say it, but American business these days stinks. You know, we had the worst customer service, outsourcing it, the quality of service you get. So it's no way you're going to tell me you got better quality because I live in this world too. And you don't get better quality of service because it's white. And then the benign neglect, as um, Dr. Claude Anderson puts it, of blacks, you know, the past 10 I say probably past fifteen, twenty years, the attitude towards blacks have been horrible, 
and you this is reflected in business uh, unequal if you go in a neighborhood where an immigrant owns a business in the neighborhood they're going to tell you you can't return something even though you have a receipt but we don't know there's a, a national retail law that gives you seven days to return any item with a receipt now, if we were to go to the center city or the main street district or area, you wouldn't have that treatment. So we just allow ourselves so much, and we think everyone else, and we think our value is like if I go spend money, if I go buy these designers and all, now I am somebody. You know, what we define as making us important is just just so wrong. And, I think people are pretty well, much blacks at the point. To, blacks need to manufacture and produce. That way they can have vertical integration in their viable businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to have a chicken restaurant, going into a restaurant that's buying a chicken dinner really is not supporting that business. You have to raise the chickens, process the chickens, transport, mm-hmm. distribute it in a warehouse then you are really supporting that business. And it should be along the lines of other things, too. So, And we need to know these things, and, and then we need to support them, just like one. Now, it's not fully vertical, but um, direct selling. I work with a company, Sole Purpose. And the, one of the main reasons I work with because it's a black woman founded it. And she's very cognizant of what she do, where she gets her product manufactured. All our shea butters and honeys come out of a women's collectives out of um, Ghana. You know, she's very, they're very specific about where they do, who they do relationships with. But I'll have 50 blacks a day trying to sell me on some white man's opportunity. And the fact that it is a black person, a black woman, that has more vertical integration than than any anything they're engaging with seems to be basically they don't care. And so we really have to get to the point of mentality of we have to realize that black lives matter for ourselves. It's not your dollars. It's not because you have green that makes you matter. We can leverage our money to get things that we want, but we're human. If we don't believe in our own humanity, you know, we have to stop behaving as if we're still products, human, you know, human product for sale, for use. We have to stop behaving like that, you know, and we and have to mm-hmm, go ahead. Another point you have to take advantage and create businesses to take advantage of government subsidies. Like the school lunch programs, Title One. Why is it that France and the UK companies are commanding those programs? We're talking about millions, of, hundreds of millions of dollars there. So, well, yeah, we I to, just think the public school stuff is such a, you know, I don't, I, I, I just feel it's like such a joke, and it's now I don't know anywhere else, but because I'm here in Philadelphia. But I think this, I feel the system is so broken that we need to, this is where we're going to just have to get radical. Like, you know, it's some, and this is where I feel we got to be strategic, where you want to spend your time, money, and energy. At Philadelphia, historically, other people have run the school, but other people have been the teachers. 
I think just about it was only about twenty years ago that they started demanding that you you know enforcing the rule that you got to live in the city. And they stop allowing people. At first, Jersey used to run our whole – Jews and Jerseys ran the entire school district before. Philadelphia School District, and they talk about this education. All that is ever based on vendors and contracts. Who's going to get the contracts? Who's going to get the vendors? And who they fight to push and keep out is who's going to allow them to do their same business the way they always did it. And that is really the concern. And then we talk about all these other issues. All they care about is money. And that's the only concern. We have um, court cases and things that we won, but by the time you win it, administrations change. And so on the books, we won we won these cases about uh, money being unequally distributed. In black neighborhoods in school, we don't get the same allocation for funds as in other neighborhoods. We won that case, I think, back in the 90s. Still hasn't been... The, you know, the solution has not been yet manifested. It is so broke from content, from what we're learning, how we're learning, the conditions of our schools. And I went through this, and, and I'm 50 years old. And I remembered I stopped using the public bathroom at second grade, and I did not use the public bathroom again until I was out of high school because that's how nasty them bathrooms were when I was young. I'm talking about elementary school. That's how nasty they were, that I just would not use a bathroom. I would not use a public restroom. And unfortunately, the conditions that the kids are going in school is not better. And I was a high achiever, so I was in special academic programs and all, but um, still the quality of education is not up to par. So we need to get radical. Like they fight against the the charter schools and things, but um, those charter schools have better education. They try to fight about these test scores. I don't care about no test scores. I know what they're teaching because I had my grandkids, I had my stepchildren, I had my grandchildren in these schools, and and I'm highly intelligent, and I know what they're learning. It gets worse and less. Well, you're right. They need to have school choice. Yeah, Should be poor yeah, school but choice Philly, with vouchers they, they, where you take your child where you want. Yeah. I'm like, why are y'all trying to argue to keep money in 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 a system that is just not designed? And that's no the NAACP that's arguing that benefit. case. Yeah, it's no way in benefit for the public school system or structure to adhere to what you say. It's just not in their benefit. These contracts and vendors, contracts and things that these people have been getting are moving generationally. That You know, people aren't, you know, they're trying to look at all of this other stuff. They're not being educated equally. And even if our public schools, our best public schools, you can take the students out of there, have them go to a private school, be tested, and most of them are going to be one or two grades behind. So That's right. You know, the only ones where we have better education is honestly, and and, and and this is another inequality. This is what I experienced, not as unequal, but I was the ben- beneficiary of it, but it's not the same. Where I grew up, when I moved to the neighborhood I'm in, um, it was a, a girl next door and another girl across the street that, you know, befriended me. It was the three of us. We had three different experiences, and we lived one girl lived next door, the other one lived across the street. But yet we had three different school experiences based on your grades. 
So since I was this high achiever, high score taker, and I was when I moved there, I was in mentally gifted. I got a total different experience than those two. The the other one next door to me, she was like one level below. But this is what I didn't go to the neighborhood high school because I went to a special high school. But this is what let me know at that time that something was wrong. Now, if I would have went to the neighborhood high school, I would have been in their academic um, scholars program. The girl next door, she was in what they call motivation. So it wasn't a scholars program, but it was a next-level motivation. The other girl um, across the street, she was in what they call general population. That's a prison term. How do you call your students general population? Because they get C's. B's and C's. So now they're called general population. That is a prison term. And the only difference between all of us was our grades or test scores, you know, because test scores might have decided. But the system is just so thrown off and it's just so off. Well, the only way you're going to solve that is to get out of of the system. Yeah. Yeah. The only way you're gonna yeah. do that is get out of the system. The only way I can see that you can get out is have school choice, where you, the parents take the money and take their children and put them in an environment that they feel is best for them. Well, anyway, I'm gonna get off of here, ma'am. I well, I want to thank you, you so much. Great, great. Well, I want to just thank you for calling in because you dropped some real knowledge. Um, it has been really great, and um, we're going to continue on. If you want to come and host, please do. I'm I'm just starting this, but I really just want to produce it because I've just seen so many great things. So I want to bring them together. I don't want it to be my best secret. <laughs> so there I want go. people, I want to put this information to the forefront. So please call okay. in. All right. And thank you so much. Um, the email is talk, the number to us, at mastergrioradio.com. Everybody yeah, have a peaceful week. Great. And share it if you well, get a chance. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All righty. Have a peaceful week. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit CarShield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at CarShield.com audio. That's CarShield.com audio.